Welcome everybody to Nutty Buddy Entertainment. In today's episode, I break down episodes one and two of Loki. We're going to talk about the things I really liked about the episode, and we're going to talk about some concerns I have and why those concerns have faded after watching episode two. This coming up now on Nutty Buddy Entertainment. everybody welcome to today's episode of nutty buddy entertainment and today we are going to break down episodes one and two of loki now i didn't put a podcast out for loki episode one and the main reason i would say is because there were some um well it was a lot of explaining and talking exposition and I didn't want to have to basically tell you what the episode already told us. And so that's why I didn't do an episode one review. Although maybe I should have. The other reason why I didn't do an episode one review was because I had a couple concerns that I kind of wanted to um, like meditate on, like think about listen to other people who are smarter than me, listen to their takes on it, and uh, just um, overall, just give it some time to breathe. So let's just talk real quick. We're going to talk about both episodes here. Now, I'm going to kind of be all over the place in episode one and two because I'm not going to break down it scene by scene. I'm just going to try something a little different here and just talk about my thoughts on episode one and my thoughts on episode two so I won't hit everything. So let's get into it. Let's first talk about episode one, Glorious Purpose. I've come too far for anything else. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with Glorious Purpose. The one Glorious Purpose it really uh, sets the stage for Loki. And I'm really excited about the show because like episode one to me was super fun. And a lot of people, I didn't think it was great. A lot of people felt like it was the greatest TV show on earth. And I was just like, well, I don't think it's great, but it's really good. Uh, but I also had some concerns. But real quick, Loki and Mobius, Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston, their like performance together on screen is, to me, better than like one of the best we've seen in the MCU. And maybe just in general. Uh, their chemistry is really good. I, I was thinking this the other day. Their chemistry is actually better to me. This seems more like a buddy cop type uh, TV show than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I felt like Sam and Bucky didn't... They had good chemistry, but I feel like uh, Loki and Mobius have really great chemistry on screen. Now, um... I was watching a YouTube video that mentioned that uh, real, the real rejects, I want to give them credit, that this reminds them of the movie Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks, and they are absolutely right. Uh, it's about like a, a criminal being recruited by the FBI to help them catch other forge, people who forge like money and stuff, and uh, 
it's sort of the same. It's the same going on here. The the entire time Leonardo is trying to find a way out, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, and uh, that's what's happening here. Loki's kind of looking for a way out. But what he really finds out in the first episode is that the Time Variance Authority is this very powerful um, corporation. And that his Infinity Stones... Are basically useless there they had a bunch of them in the uh in that like cart that were that was eventually dissolved and he also found out he was a variant so i'm going to just explain this as simply as i can is basically the timekeepers uh, were three individuals who decided to stop the timelines from being at constant war, these multiverses. So they created the sacred timeline. Anyone or anything that branches off that sacred timeline needs to be reset so that um, the timeline can stay in order and not chaotic. So when you branch off that sacred timeline, you basically become a variant, and that's what Loki became. Now, it was kind of cool how Loki sort of, this is now, this is 2012 Loki, remember? So this is right after Avengers. He is that Loki. That's what we've learned in at least these first two episodes. Even though he kind of got to experience what Loki, the future Loki experienced, the death of his mom, the kind words by Odin and his mom and Thor and the destruction of Asgard, and then ultimately his death by the hand of Thanos. He got to see all that. But it's sort of interesting because it really hasn't changed what he's trying to do. We, we see in the second episode what sort of his goal was that he reveals to the variant that they're after, which is revealed to the in the first episode. The variant Mobius is after is actually loki a different loki and um probably goes by a different name by the way which we'll get into in a second but so that is why mobius is recu- recruiting loki to help him capture this variant because the variant has been eluding them for a while so overall episode one was so really fun they had some fun moments i like how they had that like other guy ahead of loki in the time variance you know the one that wouldn't take a ticket and then was blaming everybody and they just uh blasted him to a a, a resetted reset him reset him or disintegrated him i guess and loki's like searching for his tickets there was some really good moments in this episode and originally I had this episode at a six or seven, though, and because I had three main concerns. But after episode two, I would actually pump this episode up higher than that because I think some of those concerns I, I've gotten over or have faded for now. Okay, so the three concerns I had. Okay, the first one was that I didn't want Marvel in this next phase of projects, I didn't want them to diminish what has happened so far in the MCU. Don't diminish Thanos. Don't diminish the Infinity Stones. Don't uh, diminish those things. 
Otherwise, it'll make the sacrifices that are, the heroes that we've come to love seem a little bit, you know, worthless. And I was a little nervous when we saw all those Infinity Stones that that's what they were sort of doing. Ah, these Infinity Stones are nothing. You know, they kind of gave that impression. You know, some people work, I mean, use these Infinity Stones as paperweights. And that concerned me because I don't want them to diminish what Iron Man, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Thor, Hulk, all those guys of the original Avengers, Spider-Man, all what they have accomplished up to this point. I don't want them to diminish it. So that was my first concern. My second concern was this idea of Loki being a variant. But the only reason why he became a variant is because the Avengers in Endgame time traveled. So what wasn't what I didn't understand was how could Loki have become a variant if nothing else became a variant before him? Because the events that the Avengers in Endgame was really was what gave Loki that opportunity to escape. So, for instance, like, would the Hulk, was he supposed to walk down the stairs? Was, um, maybe like, maybe Tony not supposed to be focusing on pizza. Something happened that gave Loki an opportunity that the TVA decided that shouldn't have happened that gave Loki that opportunity to escape. So it was sort of confusing how Loki could become a variant if, but the Avengers weren't, if what the Avengers did led up to Loki escaping. Does that make sense? I hope it did. But I'll tell you why I think that has faded, but I'll tell you that after we talk about episode two. My third concern was this, the predestination. So basically what I understand, the way the TVA described it, is that everything's going to happen the way we want it to happen, and it's going to happen no matter what. You're supposed to make this choice, and this is what's going to happen in the, in, in the long run. So there's only one possible outcome. That's basically how they explained it to me. That's the way I understood it. So it was concerning to me because, again, you think about the choices that some of the Avengers made. Like Tony, for instance, he snapped his finger. He had a big choice. Was he going to protect what he has had and what has come back and then risk losing the time with his family? And that's what he ended up doing. But if the choice was not there, then it kind of destroys the emotional investment a little bit that we have in that because it's supposed to happen, right? So like it's Really, you don't have the choice. That's what's going to happen. Um, and that's what you can go down the line with any movie or Avengers decision is basically like, hey, you were supposed to make that decision. So if you're supposed to make that decision, then it really uh, kind of destroys the character growth and the emotional investment that we had that these characters made like tough decisions and they made them the right way or even the wrong way. But 
that decision was supposed to happen. So it really was out of their hands anyway. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why I would say I was concerned. And then the other concern with that was when Dr. Strange was sitting there with the time zone and he said, well, there's 14 million 605 outcomes or something like that uh, that I've seen in this coming conflict and we only win one. Well, the, th- the thing that I struggled with was, okay, but if everything is already determined and there's only one possible outcome, then how did Dr. Strange seem 14 million plus outcomes? There's just no way that would have happened. So that was another concern I had. So that's why when I watched episode one for the first time, I was a little concerned. And I only gave it a 7 out of 10 because, again, everything else about it was super fun. But I, And I get, like, time travel. You know, some people are like, well, you can't think too much about time travel. It's like, okay, I get it. Like, there's always going to be plot holes when it comes to time travel. But I don't want gaping plot holes. I don't want so plot holes that are so obvious it ruins the story for me. See, some people can, can watch um, shows and just turn their brain off. And I agree. Like, there's some, like... King Kong vs. Godzilla. Great movie if you want to see two monsters fight. If you really actually look at like the plot and what the characters were involved in and what they were doing and what they were getting away with, you'd be like, well, yeah, this wasn't a great movie as far as story goes. Um, but that's not why we watch King Kong vs. Godzilla. When I watch MT, uh, MTV, I almost said, uh, MCU content, it's a lot of it's to do with the story. So I want the story to make sense, even though it's not all going to make sense. It's not all going to match up all the time, but don't make the plot hole so gaping that I'm sitting there like, okay, now you lost me. Now this doesn't make sense. So that was my concern. But overall, I mean, the episode was fun. We find out that Loki, um, the variant evil Loki um, is collecting those reset charges. And then in episode two, we see what happens with them. So let's get into that. Let's talk about episode two. And after we talk a little bit about episode two, I'm going to um, tell you why those three concerns are no longer concerns of mine uh, moving forward for now, why they have faded. So just to recap, episode one, I actually have now at like a 9 out of 10 or 10. It was just fun. It was super fun. And like I said, those concerns kind of faded. So let's get into episode two. Creating and organizing the sacred timeline. Sometimes people like you veer off the path. We call those variants. So episode two was entitled The Variant. And what we find out at the end of episode two is the variant is indeed a different Loki, but I think it's actually going to be Enchantress. Um, Lady Loki, some people are calling her. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think that uh, if you know the comic books, that Loki and Enchantress is actually like hand, hand in hand. I think it's Loki's like takes over Enchantress. I'd have to look up the details more closely. But that's what I think it's going to end up being. Um, But again, we start off with Loki being used by the TVA to try and help them catch this variant. 
We go to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where we get to hear the song, I Need a Hero. That was a cool song uh, to play in that moment, which shows that, like, the the variant Loki, well, they're both variants, I guess, but the lady Loki, um, it set up this trap for the TVA and then captures one and holds her hostage. And she does this to get information from her. Then we see Loki and Mobius show up and basically Loki tries to stall the situation to, I think he wanted a time to branch off. I think that's what his goal was, if I'm understanding the situation correctly. Now we find out that as the episode goes on, we find out that Loki figures out that the only way a variant doesn't branch off timelines if they put themselves in a situation or in a a period of time where basically there's an apocalyptic event. Apocalypse. So for instance, Pompeii. We got to see Loki. That was funny where (laughs) Owen Wilson, Mobius, he's like, uh, we can make bird sounds. And then Loki's like, what? And he goes and he like lets the goats loose and he tells people to have their last dinner and stuff like that. That was hilarious. I love that part. And it showed that they were right. Basically, the variant can hide in places where there's going to be an event that kills everybody around them because the place is destroyed. So there's no way... Anything you do has ha, anything that you do has any consequence because it it's going to be destroyed. It's going to be leveled anyway. So that that sort of made sense. I like that. Um, as we continue on in the story, there was this back and forth with Mobius um, and Loki about jet skis, and we see how. Mobius just believes in um, what the TVA is all about. I really think I got a couple theories. I actually don't think the timekeepers are real. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. I'm going to say there's something fishy going on and the timekeepers aren't actually real because Mobius hasn't seen them. It's impossible to get an audience with them. They seem like they're going to be a little bit of like a straw man. And then I also noticed like the TVA is like a propaganda machine. So remember, when we get all of this, this um, explaining what their purpose is, what their their motives are, it's all coming from the TVA. So we have to take it with a grain of salt. And this is why when we get to what uh, my concerns were, why they sort of faded, especially after episode two. Then we see um, Ravana Renslayer, which is the lady judge that judged um, Loki, gave him to Mobius, and she mentions uh, that basically she dictates time uh, the, for 
basically she is in charge that's what i gather now interestingly about her character she actually has had a relationship with kang the conqueror which a lot of people suspect will be in fantastic four and maybe even in this next big bad in the marvel mcu which that's kind of where i'm leaning right now but we'll see what happens because she uh, always has that sort of statue in the background that looks like kang the conqueror so that's where I am with that. Um, now, although I do think that the timekeepers are straw men at this point, I do think they once existed. I do think King the Conqueror is real and that he was one of the three timekeepers. I do think, however, they're right now being portrayed as straw men. So I want to make that clear. We got to see what Alabama is going to look like in 2050, right? That's not not great and that's where lady loki was is in this event uh this apocalyptic event now interesting that scene was so well done i I just the the where you saw the billboard the digital billboard and then something dropping on it to break it and then things blowing up around them and everybody's sitting in this shelter things don't look good for alabama though uh, and that's where Lady Loki was. Lady Loki was there. She wanted to lure them in. And then she set off the the reset charges simultaneously in different time periods, is what I'm understanding, the way that time branch went in all these different directions at the end of the show at the TVA. And, they, and she knows how to get to the TVA. So I think her goal is to get rid of all the men, all the soldiers because they have to go clean up this mess and leaving the TVA vulnerable. That would be my guess. Now, other things that happened in the episode that I really appreciated, again, any the any dialogue between Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston, Loki and Mobius was just really good. Um, again, another fun episode. This is this feels more to me like the MCU. Well, I guess it all did, but this is just, I, I'm actually really excited about this show. I give the episode two a nine out of 10. It, it was so good. Um, the fact that uh, the files that Loki tried to get and he kind of reveals that his goal is to overthrow the timekeepers so then he could have this ultimate power is sort of what he wanted to do. And then Lady Loki was like, this isn't about you. So again, this is where Loki thinks it's all about him and, and Lady Loki kind of corrects his thinking. Um, now let's just talk about Lady Loki because I kind of mentioned it before that he could, she could actually be Enchantress and a Lady Loki kind of hybrid. And that's what I think what they're going with. Now I love that they're doing this because let's face it, in the MCU, in the cinematic universe, you're not going to be able to use every single comic book character. It's just not possible. So to use two characters that are sort of similar and combining them, I think that's a good idea. So Enchantress has the ability for manipulation, which would be where I kinda think that they're kind of combining the two. But also the biggest takeaway or the biggest giveaway, I should say, that it could be Enchantress is the name of the character the actress is playing is not Loki. It's Sylvie, which is the character Enchantress. And Enchantress 
and Lady Loki, if you kind of just combine the two, I think that would be a cool character. Um, so we'll see what they do, but that's the hunch everybody's going with right now. Another thing I want to mention real quick is that Mobius and Loki talk about Nightmare. The It sounds like a different level of the TVA or, or realm. And so a lot of people, I guess, are thinking that Mephisto is going to wind up being the big bad in some way. However, I actually think it's going to be Nightmare. This is now the third MCU project that mentioned Nightmare. So we got Nightmare in WandaVision that was mentioned and referenced to a couple times. Falcon and Winter Soldier, they mentioned Nightmare as well. And then um, just as far as Bucky having nightmares. And then, which could just be a coincidence, by the way. And then this Nightmare... Uh, division as well so i really think that nightmare is going to end up being the big a, a big bad in the multiverse of madness that's my my guess as of right now and it's not going to be uh, mephisto but again overall it was such a good episode and let's real quick dive into some of my concerns now let's go back to those three concerns i'm going to tell you why i don't have them anymore now the first concern I had, if you remember, was the making the Infinity Stones, like, diminishing their value. Now, I was listening to, again, the Real Rejects on YouTube. I want to give them credit because this makes a lot of sense to me. Is basically, the Infinity Stones are still very powerful, but they're only powerful when they're in their universe, just like the TVA is only powerful in their universe. When the TVA came into the timeline, when they entered the sacred timeline, they were still affected by like Lady Loki. They were still affected by um, her, her powers. So they're not immune to powers. The illustration that was used, which I kind of agree with, and like it made, made it, uh, made it more clear to me is sort of like if you put a shark in water it's it's a very it's a predator right it's it's a very uh, powerful <laughs> a creature if you put that same shark in the jungle it's worthless and the same with like a lion a lion in the jungle it's it's on top of the food chain uh, but if you take that lion and you put it in the water it diminishes its you know, it becomes useless. It's it's not as, uh, it becomes the per, the prey, right? No longer the predator, and that's sort of the what I'm I'm gathering about the Infinity Stones. The Infinity Stones are very powerful when they're in their sort of territory, when they're in their domain, and when they're taken out of their domain, it loses its power. And the same with the TVA, though. We saw how Lady Loki was able to basically kick their butts and when they left the TVA into um, the sacred timeline. So th that's why my first concern, I, I feel like it's for right now it's faded because I can, I can in my head, I can reason that out and that actually makes a lot of sense. So it's not saying that the Infinity Stones aren't very powerful still. It's just showing another power that is also powerful, the TVA, but just in their own different territories, which to me makes sense. 
My second concern was about the variant, Loki, and how it didn't make sense to me how none of the Avengers could be a variant if... Because they basically helped Loki escape, right? So Loki could not have been a variant unless of the Avengers traveled to, through time. This is where it's sort of a theory of mine, but to me it makes a lot of sense. I don't think time is actually predetermined like the TVA wants you to think. I think the timeline is determined. And what I mean by that is it's like if um, you go to a restaurant when you were a kid and you wanted to order like a big meal and your parents, you know, they say, hey, order what you want. And you try to order a big meal and your parents are like, no, you order off the kid's menu. They determine for you your choice, basically, like, right. They they made the choice for you. They determine what your choice was. And I think that's the way the TVA works. It's it's determined in the sense is if you make the wrong choice that branches off what they think should be the sacred timeline. When you make the wrong choice, you then become a variant. So when the Avengers in Endgame went back in time, they technically could have been considered a variant. But because of the TVA, and they agree with the choice that was made, they're going to allow it. And they will make it part of the sacred timeline. But Loki, when he branched off that timeline, they did not approve of that choice. So instead, they'll go in and reset that timeline. So I think that's the way it's done. So it's not taking choice away from people. What it's doing, what TVA is actually doing is they're letting people make the choice. But if they make the right, wrong choice, they go and correct it. That That's what in my own head makes the most sense, uh, which would be in harmony with what we've been learning about the TVA. Now, the TVA makes it sound like they're doing something really good, but what they're actually doing is taking free will and choice away from people, in a sense. They're taking that away from them, and and that's not right, right? You want people to make choices and hope that they make the right choice, but in the end, their time isn't predetermined. It's basically that they determine what your choices are, and if they're good, they'll let you keep it, but if they they don't agree with their choice, they're going to reset it so that the sacred timeline in their mind goes one way all the time. That's why every outcome's the same is because he, they make sure that the choices remain the same. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. Hopefully that makes sense to you. Then it goes back to Doctor Strange and the possibilities. So it's predetermination. It kind of goes hand in hand with this, which was my third concern, the predestination stuff. The reason why Doctor Strange was able to see 14 million plus different possibilities is because there was. However, think basically the TVA would have, in my mind, this is the way it works, would have resetted the timeline until the Avengers got every choice right. That, and then that would hold the sacred timeline that makes sense so in my head those concerns are fading because i can kind of explain it it's basically 
the Infinity Stones are powerful in their area, their universe, but they're not powerful when they leave and go to the TVA, for instance. The TVA is powerful in their area, their world, their universe, but they're not going to be powerful when they leave that universe. And, and we saw what Lady Loki did to them. And time is not predetermined, rather determined. So when you make a choice, basically, the TVA determines whether or not they're going to allow it. And if they don't, um, they consider you a variant. That's what I gather so far. So hopefully that makes sense. So overall, the series, I think it's really good so far. I really like it. I like what Marvel's doing here. I think this is more of like Buddy Cop, the chemistry that is so much better to me than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Although I thought the Falcon and Winter Soldier, also the actors had good chemistry. I just think they have great chemistry in this show. So I think I hit on everything. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to maybe um, talk to some of the people that I know who listen to this podcast and see what they think and um, how, I, how I changed it up a little bit instead of doing a uh, scene-by-scene breakdown and just give you my thoughts and, and kind of briefly go over the episode a little bit and then go from there. Yeah, we'll see. Otherwise, I'll go back to the scene-by-scene breakdown. No big deal. So thanks for listening to me break down episodes one and two of loki so thanks again so much for listening to episode one and two breakdown of loki the disney plus series i hope you enjoyed i hope you didn't mind that i waited to put out an a podcast about both episodes i felt like it benefited me just to be patient so hopefully you guys enjoyed Uh, Please follow me at Instagram at nuttybuddy underscore entertainment. If you like sports talk, I also talk about sports. You can follow me on Instagram at nuttybuddy underscore sports. If you'd like to contact me with thoughts, questions, and concerns, or uh, your theories about Loki, please email me at nuttybuddy at gmail.com. Thanks again so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys later.